Welcome to An American's Guide to Bollywood, where today we're talking about A Wednesday, a thriller about a bomb threat in Mumbai. Hi, I'm Rose. I'm Hannah. And this is the second in our terrorism series. And this is very different from Dulce. For one thing, it's quite short. It is short. Oh my goodness, an hour 43? I know. Is this a is this someone's like starter project? Their short film? Honestly, if it didn't have big stars and really good reviews, I would have assumed that meant it was terrible. That's fair, especially in two thousand eight, right? But it's because there's no music, there's no uh, there's no unnecessary subplots, there's no romance plot. Mm-mm. It's straight to the point thriller, like very straightforward, and then like the plot is moving at a pretty quick pace. And I love, so this stars uh, Nasiruddin Shah and Anupam Kher. We've seen both of them before. Nasiruddin Shah was the dad in Monsoon Wedding. And uh, Anupam Kher has been in a few things, but notably he was the dad in DDLJ. For anybody who's seen that classic. And then, and Anupam Kher was in Prem Ratan Dampeo, the Prisoner of Zinda movie with Salman Khan um, in our rom-com series. But to be fair, he was also in Bend It Like Beckham, so... Well, thank you. This is what I always tell people. Like, he was the dad in Bend It Like Beckham. So it's funny because both of these guys, English is perfect. And they are both in... Well, I don't know about Nasirdin Shah. He probably is, but Anupam Kher has been in more than a few English language. Yeah, he was in Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah, he's he's in English language stuff all the time. He's like Irfan Khan. But I will always know and love him first from Benda Like That Guy. I love it so much. Oh, amazing. (laughs) And these guys are both amazing. I would watch these guys in almost anything. I watched Anupam Kher play... Anil Kapoor's dad one time and they're like two years apart and I was like honestly what a dream yeah what a dream it is to see you on a pump care even in this crazy role <laughs> yeah so in this though they're on opposite sides that's right Nasiruddin Shah is called in you know gone around with his duffel bag mysteriously mm-hmm. and then gone up to an extremely scenic rooftop oh, in order to call in the bomb threat for the bombs he has placed around the city. Which is so interesting. If you recall, here's another thing we've seen him in, Sarfarosh, which was the cop movie from the 90s starring Amir Khan. And this guy was in that. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert for that movie. He played a terrorist. (laughs) Yes, he did. And so I was interested because I was like, oh, is he doing that again? I mean, this wouldn't be the same type of thing because in that one, it it was a twist. Right. But... It's kind of funny, and I, I think it's, I always think it's interesting when people with, um, when Muslim actors play terrorists like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think it's interesting. Yeah. And Anupam Kerr is on the opposite side. He's our police commissioner. Commissioner Ratod. Who's going to stop him from setting off those bombs. Uh, hopefully. That's the movie. Like, there's not a lot of plot description to give. That's the movie. And in many ways, yeah, in many ways it plays out 
a lot like a, a Western style thriller. I mean, mm-hmm. there's nothing unique about it. Definitely anyone could watch this, although I don't think I would put it as a beginner movie. I would probably put it as an intermediate movie just because I think you appreciate it more if you know more about Indian culture. Okay, I will say I think a lot of people would find it confusing how many tight slaps are flying all over the place. Why are the cops beating up so many people instantly? Yeah. No questions. No one else is upset about it. In American movies, when that happens, there's always a bunch of people trying to stop you. Right, some other In cops. In this one, all the other cops are like, mm-hmm, yep, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think intermediate. I don't think it's really a beginner movie. I just think the impact of the movie will be lessened if you're not more familiar with Indian cultures and Indian movies. Here's the other thing. This is not really a good representation of the quality of Indian cinema. Now, I'm not saying that this is a bad movie. It's a good movie. People loved it. It was critically acclaimed. It was very good. But this movie has the craziest sound effects. I mean, (laughs) whoever did the sound mixing and the sound effects for this film, they're terrible. Like, I just don't even know another way to say it. It sounds like the sound effects from, like, an old kung fu movie. I know. It's just awful. For everything. And it's the same for slaps as it is for kicks. Every slap sounds the same. Mm -hmm. Even when somebody's being kicked. Yeah, It still sounds like a hand-on-face kind of slap. Yes. The footsteps are so loud, and they don't change in quality even when the person is slowing to a stop. Like, it's just... They are really loud footsteps. Yeah, I never. I, I was like, why am I focusing so much on people walking in this movie? And like, they would they would be like, oh, let's have this guy walk down a long hall, and that's all that's happening right, right. now. And like, the footsteps are the same quality right up to like when the person stops moving. In fact, I'm pretty sure I noticed at one point that the footsteps continued after the person had stopped moving. It was it was just not well done. Well, there were also some weird camera effects that they used a lot. Yeah, that just didn't age well. They're, you're like, okay, I get what it is, but, like, did we need to use it more than once or at all? It's not really adding anything. But you also have to understand the reason that this movie would have been so well-received in India is terrorist attacks are a real problem, especially in Mumbai. This was two years after the Mumbai train bombing. And... Came out two months before the 2008 Mumbai attacks. Yeah. So this is confronting a reality that Indians just have to deal with. Yeah. In that that attack in 2008, 175 people were killed, 300 injured. Yeah. It's really, it's a real thing. It can seem, I think that part of it seems dramatic if you don't know about that. Yes. And that's why I think it's better for you to know some about Indian culture before watching this movie. Mm-hmm. In in that sense, I feel like Dilsey is a movie that appeals more to Western sensibilities and the way Westerners like to think about a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. But I would say that this movie represents more what the average person in India is thinking about. Yes. And I think there's a reason it did so well at box office. And continues to do well um, in the public opinion. Yes. So I think it's it's an interesting movie to include in a terrorism series. Just yeah. because even though it lacks like the artistry of something like Dilse, mm-hmm. it's a better representation of popular opinion. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's good to just take this at face value and not put your own opinions about things like terrorism or like which side is right or anything like that. It's better to just put that on the back burner and just listen to what this film is saying 
on its own merits. And knowing how much India loved it. Yeah. I mean, I think that tells you a lot. So Nasiruddin Shah calls up the police and he says, I have planted five bombs around the city and I'm going to set them off unless you release these four terrorist leaders. And they make it clear in the movie that this is business as usual. They, they actually call it that at one point. They're like, well, this is just how it goes. You know, you catch them and then they call and then you let them go. That's what happens. And I so, think this is something that's difficult for Americans to comprehend because we don't have to deal with this on such a constant basis. And we, we're not close. Right. That's the biggest thing. We don't deal with it on in America. We dealt with it like one time in America. Right. And the other thing is there's much more of a mentality of like America is never going to release prisoners like that. I mean, not just like we're going to hold you hostage in the public eye and do this. Like they may make prisoner exchange deals, but it's just a little bit different. So like no one in America would think that they could just plant a bomb and make some threats and get prisoners released of whatever stripe. Yeah. But if this is a constant problem, it changes the way you deal with it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the main two actors do a really good job, of course, as you would expect. Mm-hmm. The other acting is hit or miss, depending. This isn't a movie that is trying to be subtle by any stretch of the imagination. So that one guy, the I, the guy with apparently the hardest slaps in India. Inspector, Inspector Khan. Thank you. His face wasn't great. Now, I kept expecting, every time he came on screen, I was expecting him to be more attractive than he was. Which isn't to say he was bad looking or anything. It was no, just, but it was you just like expect, a little off. Right, you just expect these actors who are playing, like, young, heroic cops to just be, like, movie star, like, A-list, you know, good looking. I said this Simba. guy just wasn't. I yeah, get it. Exactly. But, yeah, also, though, his face was, like, actively not great. In the, <laughs> the face that he was making didn't look good. He just looked kind of dumb a lot. But he wasn't really in a lot of it. No, he wasn't. He was a really minor... He was a more minor character than I thought he was going to be at the beginning. I know. But, again, this movie doesn't spend a lot of time on character development. That's not Mm -hmm. what this movie is about. And that's why they got it to a tight 145. So, yeah. Because it is so simple and straightforward, we're done with non-spoilers. We'll do spoilers after the interval. It was funny that you brought up Nasiruddin Shah and Sarfarosh and how it was like a twist that he was actually a terrorist because like in this movie it's just the reverse of that of like the twist is that he's not a terrorist exactly yes and I was proud of myself that I that I predicted that actually at one point well I have to say if there hadn't been the twist at the end it would have been confusing about why this movie was so popular <laughs> definitely because. Honestly, I mean, the cops are trying to find him. Like, don't get me wrong. But it's not like they almost nail him. or he, Like, they're, they're just going along with the demands 
pretty quickly. And they're doing stuff, like they're trying to trace the phone and all that. They're not making much progress. And they're just like, well, let's load these four guys up in the bus and take them out to the airfield where this guy wants them. Like, that was... And when that's happening, you're like, what is going on? Like... (laughs) Right, which makes more sense when you know that it happens all the time. But then, knowing that it happens all the time, then you're really like, well, in the Indian context... Definitely, why is this a movie? Well, that also explains the fact that it happens all the time, explains the attitude of the politician where the police commissioner is like, hey, like, we need a negotiator or someone with authority to deal with this problem. And the guy's like, oh, uh, can't you deal with it? Right. Because no one wants to deal with the mess of this type of situation. I'm sure no one wants to get the blame if it falls through. And it's not such a unique problem that people might be like, wait a second. You Why weren't you with dealing it? with it? Yeah, exactly. So I just thought that was so interesting in the beginning where he's like trying to hand it off and the guy's like, mm, no. Yeah. I really I'm not like that. do that. It's like so weird. Before you realize this happens fairly regularly. And that is the first, like one of the early times when you really understand that the Indian people are frustrated with the situation. Mm-hmm. Because when they say, like, business as usual, they're not saying it because they're happy with it. Yeah, we're like, well, yeah, you know, that's just how it goes. Yeah. They're like, yeah, this is pretty terrible. Really demoralizing. Right. What's the point of even arresting them? Yeah. And as it goes on, of course, you realize that this is why Nasiruddin Shah is doing all this. He's credited as a common man. You never know what his name is. Mm-hmm. Um, which I have to say... Sri Lanka remade this movie and they named it know, A Common with Man. Ben Kingsley. <laughs> I know. But it's, it's funny, he's actually half Indian. Well, there you go. But they named it A Common Man. And I'm like, well, aren't you giving away? Like, who watching yeah. this movie is like, oh, a common man, of course. Like, unless they're trying to, like, disguise the police chief as the common man in the beginning. Anyway, it doesn't it's matter. Too it's just a, a baffling clue. decision. I, I agree that it's too much of a clue. Yeah, but it's basically that this guy is sick of the system not being able to properly protect its citizens, and so he's going to take it onto himself as a vigilante to kill these four terrorists. And there is an element of he knows that this is not going to solve the problem because they're like, well, why these four guys? Like, there's lots of terrorists in jail. And he's like, well... I drew these names out of a hat, and so that's who I killed. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, they say, well, did you have family that died in an attack? And he was like, oh, should I wait until that happens Mm -hmm. to do something? Should I? I, I'm only allowed to be upset if a close relative died. Right. And he talks about his wife calling him all the time just to make sure he's still alive. Yeah, and how he, one of his regular trains was one of the trains that was was attacked and so the next time he got on it no one was there that he knew because they were all killed yeah and it's very powerful hearing all that and whether you agree with what he's done or not which i mean obviously if you watch enough indian movies things like singham will give you the general idea i believe that they wouldn't right that the indian audience would be okay with this this doesn't go against indian morals But whether you personally are in agreement over what he's done or not, I think you do understand that his own frustration, his own anxiety, his own fear that's driving what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Because he is scared of getting caught. He has bought groceries that he's bringing home to his wife, and he's planning so much for his day that, like, 
he loses a few seconds by going back for the groceries when he forgot them at the end. Yeah. He's he wants to live his life. He he's not at the point of no return where he's like, I'll I'll just die for this. But he still feels like I have to do something. Yeah. And this movie shows Terrace as being 100% unrepentant. This isn't yeah. this <laughs> isn't the young woman who's been put into an impossible situation. These are kind of more, and I hate to say it this way, but like your run-of-the-mill terrorists, where they are like so committed to this cause yeah. that they're extremely proud of what they've done. They're not repentant at all. They're cartoonishly baiting the police officers yeah. that are transporting them. Yeah, and I think as much as Dilse is able to give like a nuanced view of how someone gets radicalized... This movie is not inaccurate in the sense of how people behave once they've been radicalized. Because if you're that committed to a cause, you're not going to be sorry about what you've done. Mm -mm. So this movie is definitely expressing what Indians think about this. And for me personally, I feel like the best way for an American to truly understand the emotional impact this must have had to the Indian audience is thinking about school shootings here. Mm -hmm. Where it just feels like it just keeps happening. Yeah, it keeps happening. It feels like nothing's being done. Or, like, even the sure, situation, no one, what do you do? Right, sure. Like, no one likes it. No one's on the other side of <laughs> yeah, it. No one's pro-school shooting. Yeah. Just like in India, none of the politicians, I assume, are, like, pro-terrorists. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, but maybe we just let them run around and do what they want. Right. No one's saying that, but still, it keeps happening. Right. It just feels like the problem's not getting solved, and you're worried about, like, if you have kids in school, what if this happens to them? I guarantee you there are parents who act like that man's wife. Right. Where they're checking in with their students, with their children, who are students. Yeah. On a regular basis because they're worried about what might happen to them. Mm -hmm. And so that's the thing of, of sometimes when it's not our problems, it can be easy to be like, well, that's wrong because you're killing an innocent, not because you're killing someone like vigilante style. Right. So maybe that's wrong. But I think. Judicially. I don't know what I just said. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I just think relating it to something that feels like an impossible problem in our own culture kind of really helps give that emotional gut punch of, I understand why they're doing this. And, like, maybe you disagree with specifically what he did, but you understand why he did it. And you understand that frustration that he's expressing of no one is doing anything and this just keeps happening and happening and happening and innocent people keep dying. Yeah, exactly. And it's so sad that a country has to live in that state but of course these are the things that we just don't have to deal with as a country because mexico and canada are both friendly to us yeah we we ate the land shore to shore so right we're a massive country and yeah we're not bordering an enemy next to us yeah so it's just a lot of these realities that we just don't have to think about and to live in a constant state of um hostility like that yeah. You know, it's just it's just a different way of thinking, I think. And I think, of course, everyone these days is thinking about it more than they used to because of the um, Israel-Palestine situation. Mm-hmm. But these places that we often, we're able to just, we have the luxury of just putting out of our mind and not thinking about other than, oh, poor whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, for them, that's an everyday reality. And they may be the innocent victims who wind up dying in an attack and they have no say in it. Right. Exactly. So I, you know, this is a movie that you watch really for the last speech. Yeah, definitely. Which is also why it's good that it's short. 
Because it is, the whole thing is focused just on getting you to that point of the twist and the speech. And it's a very nice speech that Nasiruddin Shah gives. Oh, and he's just the best at stuff like that. He's so good. Yeah. And, you know, I have to say the other reason to watch it is after that, when Anupam Kerr grabs his gun mm-hmm. and he's like, you guys are all terrible. No one wants to help me find this guy. Fine. I'm going to go. And then to see him just be like, hey, man, yeah. good job. Yeah, because you have to know that, I mean, if the common man is frustrated with this, the police have to be also. Yeah. Because they're the ones that go through the trouble of catching these people. They're the ones that have to deal with the fallout. And then to just see them walk out mm-hmm. because they're getting traded back. Yeah. And to know that you can be blackmailed so easily because you have morals and they don't. Yeah, exactly. you Well, I should say, because you value human life and they don't. So, like, you have, like, priorities that they can take advantage of. And your priorities are right. You should value human life. Yeah, you don't want to be the Philippines and, you know, certain people in the Philippines who are like, uh, basically just anything, if I th- I thought anybody was doing anything wrong, I would just kill them. Gosh. And then brag about it later. Yeah. Yeah, and that just has to be so frustrating of, like, being the nice guy is what, who wants to protect the people, is what's putting you in the situation of injustice being done. So... It is, you know, a catch-22, and this movie doesn't offer solutions to that. Mm-mm. Because there are no solutions to that. These types of situations are impossible situations. Yeah. But it at least acknowledges what so many people are thinking. And I'm sure that's why it was so popular. Because people could watch this movie and be like, oh my gosh, like I'm not the only person. Or like my family aren't, isn't the only family. Or my community is not the only community that's feeling this. This is literally everyone feels this way. Yeah, and I'm sure the fact, you know, at the time, the fact that the Mumbai attacks happened so yeah. soon after that didn't hurt it at all because people needed that release at that point. Yeah. So next up, we're going to take a break from serious thrillers and go return to our delightful uh, romance-themed terrorism movies. Wonderful. With Fana. Mm. starring Amir Khan, who we haven't seen in quite a while, and Kajal in a romantic drama about a tourist guide who falls in love with a blind woman against a backdrop of terrorism. Oh, (laughs) I love it. And that is available on Amazon Prime or to rent on YouTube or Google. So we'll see you next time on An American's Guide to Bollywood. For more of An American's Guide to Bollywood, go to guidetobollywood.com. To contact us, write us at moreismorepodcast at gmail.com.